Lisa Sinclair. Oh, oh God, you just got a mouthful of food. You literally waited until I said hello and then you put it in your gob. I will speak for you. Hello, Claire. <laughs> hello, Claire Isaac. How are you? I'm fine, thank you, Lisa. <laughs> Welcome to playing Devil's Avocado, Lisa. Why, thank right. you, Claire. Oh, you're finished now. Yeah. Um, welcome to Playing Devil's Avocado, Lisa. Well, welcome to you, and thank, thank you, you. For, for your lovely impression of me. <laughs> Anytime. Um, just adding, um, I thought I'd added some of this to the um, the list, but I'm just going to add it now because it's very important that I talk about it. Okay. I'm putting it under Snack Attack. Okay. I'm putting a new thing on, under Snack Attack. Okay. All right. Um, this week, not only do we have Snack Attack, we also have some other... Snack Attack, Snack Attack. We have some other regular features. We have news with views. News. News with, with views. We have some Culture Club. We have, we have some Culture Club. We have some Ameno. Moments. We have Lisa's microphone playing up, which is why it might the sound might be a bit weird. I apologise. We have some dress Sussy. for success. <laughs> and we have a big question. Big question. So let us go on this episode 15 of season four of Playing Devil's Avocado. <laughs> okay, Lisa. First yeah. of all, how are you? I'm good, thanks. Yeah? How's yeah. everything going in your world? Pretty good. Hmm. Mustn't crumble. No. You went away no. for the weekend. I did. I had a lovely weekend away, Claire. Mm, that's nice, isn't it? It is nice. Mm. It was very restorative. Mm. Sometimes you just need a winter mm-hmm. weekend with a log mm. fire. Do you have a log fire? Yes. Did you? I've have... got one of them anyway. Oh. <laughs> Half your luck. We've got Half a radiator. Um, all right, well, today let us talk first. Let's do some news with views. With views. News with views. News with views. I wanted to talk about this whole furor about outing people in the media and how do we feel about it. Now, the thoughts, Claire. What are the thoughts? I just feel like you can't out Many. people. Even, even if you don't mean to, then you still shouldn't and maybe need to reread content that you're writing about people. Think about what you're doing when you're saying things about their relationships. Well, hold, um, your, hold, your phone, hold the phone. Yes. No one actually outed anyone, did they? No, but I feel like, no, absolutely not. That's true. But there were plans to. Um, well... They would beg to differ. They would say they they asked the question and then they were going to decide what to do with the information. Right. So we're talking um, about but, Rebel Wilson. Yes. We're talking about a story that was in the Sydney Morning Herald where a writer suggested that they had given Rebel a two-day ultimate, a two-day deadline mm. to respond to some questions about her love life given that he had been fed information that said that she had was now in a relationship with a woman and he wanted to share the news and instead, she chose to announce that herself because, yeah, rather than let somebody else do it for her. So, indeed, what what happened was people were saying she was forced to out herself. I guess. Yes, but if you read his original email, it it wasn't actually like no, 
reply in two days or I'll out you. Absolutely he just said, not. I'm doing my column, which the deadline is lunchtime on Saturday. But I can see if you got that email, you would think, oh, my God, he's going to out me. Yeah. Um, so I think, the look, I think, as you say, don't out people. You're not allowed to by law anyway. It's all written down very clearly in the press, you know, adjudication, boxy blah, blahs. Mm. Um, yeah. Um, I think the whole thing was, it's just a clusterfuck, actually, to be honest. It was honest. just very badly handled by everybody yes. concerned. And... and what I would say, what I would ask, Claire, is because the man who wrote the um, email is a gay man and his editor is a gay man, and that's not outing them. That's just, you know, why Fat. Yeah, they are. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know if they would have done that to a, a man in that situation. Possibly not. I mean, I'm not sure they would have done. No. I mean, there's also, like, you've got to remember, there's been a lot of men in Thorpe as one, you know, who've taken a very long time to come out, mm. very long time to deal with whatever personal demons that brought up for them, whatever whatever family issues that might have brought up for them, whatever issues in a, in a global kind of work or fame sense, you know, mm. for them. Yeah, and yet everybody, a lot of people knew. I think that he was gay. A lot of people suspected, and yet nobody went out of their way to out him, right? So, and I feel like that respect should be paid to anyone. Um, I think that Mm. mostly what annoyed people more was the fact that um, the columnist sort of was really talked about being gazumped on the news and it sort of made it seem like it was his news to tell and he was annoyed about it, which I think he probably just had bad choice of words because I don't think that was what he intended to to mean by it at I all. think he actually just felt like he was she ruined his scoop and he was he was put out about it so he just wrote a narky column that someone was stupid enough to publish I know it does make you think though like another friend of mine sent me an email saying do you think this is the end of sort of gossip columns in the paper and I was saying well I hope not because it's sort of fun but actually kind of maybe it is maybe it's I think yeah. I've had that discussion myself as well mm. with people um whether it's like you know because it's not a story. It's not a valid story, is it, really? And all, but, but also, in the same way, because I've been discussing this with, you know, other people, actually, you know, outing people shouldn't... It, it's not... In this day and age, is it a thing? If Harry Styles, right, was to start dating the kid Leroy, OK? Mm-hmm. Look at you all down with the young know, people. Down with the kids. <laughs> but I don't think anyone would be surprised or bat an eyelid. No. I really don't. I think everyone would just go, oh, yeah, because... That generation is so fluid. Um, if, if I talk to the young people and, you know, about anything like that, they just roll their eyes and mm-hmm. they're like, they, they don't even believe in the term gay. Almost. No, no. It's just you are who you are, you love who you love and you, you do whatever you want. And you might be one, you might love one person one day, one day. another person the next. Yeah. So I feel like that whole concept of outing people for that gen, the younger generation, they just be like, what are you talking about? Yeah. But I get that for the older generation, it is still um, a valid um, thing to consider. Culture Club! Culture Club! Have you been watching anything fabulous? I have started watching Becoming Elizabeth. Well, is, is that about Elizabeth I? It is. It's just dropped. It's just dropped on Stan, Claire. Yes, I have seen it um, on my on my Stan homepage, hmm. but I haven't gone there. So there's lots of, of these dramas are really having a, a moment because I think they keep moving around from Stan to Netflix and people keep discovering them. So you've got the Spanish princess, the white princess, the white queen, all the sort of 
that's pre-Tudor stuff, a bit of Tudor stuff. You've got mm. the Tudors. Oh. You've got Rain, which mm. is Mary, Queen of Scots. Oh, yeah. Anyway, so this is Becoming Elizabeth, and it's about um, the period after Henry VIII dies. He's got three children alive, all from different mothers. Um, and spoiler alert, Elizabeth is one of the children, and she does end <laughs> up the Queen. <laughs> spoiler um, slash he, history alert. Yes, even though she is third in line to the throne at that right. point, but also right. possibly nothing in line to the throne because people are trying to get her declared a bastard because right. Anne Boleyn was her mother. Right. Who had her head chopped off. Yes. So um, this series is all about how she became Elizabeth the first. And is it Her journey good? to the throne. Um, I think I'm really enjoying it, but I do love this shit. Um, lots of really good costumes and castles and there's um, a terrible flirtation with her... Um, well, one of the lordy people um, that is going to get her into trouble and will explain why she never marries. Ooh. So, yeah, it's all quite dastardly, a bit mm. sexy. Lots um, of rough collars. Ruffs. Rough collars and a bit of rough, and you tumble. know, rough sex in the bed. Ooh, rough and tumble. <laughs> um, yeah, this ticks all the boxes. Mm. Well, maybe I'll watch it after I've, I've just finished Everything yes. I Know About Love, which I'm calling as the best yeah. TV show of the year. Wow. For my, for my sort of soppy, um, maudlin, 50-something menopausal mind. Oh, <laughs> because it's great. so... Fair. I didn't like the book. So it's a book written by Dolly Alderton, of course, who yeah. um, has written Ghosts and is um, the co-host of that podcast, The Hilo, with Pandora Sykes. She's a columnist for The Times in the UK. Um, she's, like, sort of being heralded as, you know, the... New voice of a generation, new Jilly Cooper, yeah, exactly. Um, and but I didn't like the book because I find it really self indulgent. But the mo- this show is just so sweet, it's just about some tw- four 20 something girls living in a house together in London in 2012. Um, and of course, that's it, that's way past my 40s, but it was just lovely to see 20 something girls living together in a house and all the things they got up to nightclubbing and drug taking and partying and pashing boys and pashing girls and. You know, just like one girl who finds a boyfriend and kind of moves away from the group a little bit. And that sort of the whole theme of the show is that the only person that the main character, Maggie, has really loved has been her best friend, Birdie. And then it's about what happens when their relationship starts to sort of fray because they're both getting older and Maggie doesn't want to let go of her youth, but Birdie wants to sort of move on and and marry someone and settle down. And it's just that sort of real thing about when you're in your 20s and your friends start to change and you start to sort of lose that. And there's always one of you that wants to keep going out and doing the wrong thing and, you know, passing boys you shouldn't pass and all that kind of stuff. It's just so beautifully done. There's some amazing lines in there, like there's some amazingly touching moments that just really hit home for me for some reason. And I just bawled my way through it and laughed my way through it. And funnily enough, I came home the other night and my husband had watched three episodes. And, oh. <laughs> and I was like, oh, are you obsessed with it? And he said, oh, it's just so easy to watch. And I'm like, isn't it just so lovely? It's just the best It's very life. sweet. And I think as well, the thing about it is, even though it's set in London 2012 and they're in their 20s, so much of it relates to anyone's well a lot 20s, of people's 20s yeah. but uh, I mean the, the conversations they're having are conversations I had with my friends in my 20s yeah. like you know you know why don't we just live together in a commune and you yeah. know let's marry each other and you know <laughs> it's that intensity of I think female friendships as yeah, well at that age lovely. there's 
yeah, there's nothing like it. And just that sort of sense of like you meet someone who's a lot older than you and you kind of fall in love with them because they offer you this kind of thing that you don't get from people of your own age and so you have these kind of really badly considered relationships with men you shouldn't that are older um, and then you have like sort of overseas trips that you go on where you meet people that, you know, you that you sort of that say things like they want to marry you because there's such a desperation in the time you have together and all that kind of stuff. It's just lovely. And that beautiful moments like with her family where she she says to them, why did you love me so much because you haven't set me up for life? Because I'm, you, you think I'm too great and I don't know how to live up to that. And it's just, you know, that sort of idea of your family is so lovely to you or, you know, so supportive. And then when you move out into the real world, you realise not everyone's going to like you as much as your family do. This is very yeah. sweet moments. I really liked it. So it's on Stan. Yes. And um, it's called Everything I Know About Love. And I know it's it's aimed at a younger audience, but please watch it if you had friends in your 20s and you just can remember back to what it was like to be so desperately wanting to be cool and so desperately wanting to be in love and have fun and you're earning like, you know, 2p. She works for um, a fake kind of reality show because in real life Dolly Alderton worked on Made in Chelsea. Right. And so she works on this show called... Airs and Graces, which is a very clever name for a reality show. Um, and so it's just really fun. It's just a really fun show to watch. You watch it very quickly. It's only got seven episodes. Well worth it. Lovely. Um, and speaking of me being a teary, menopausal, crying mess, should we do a menopause? Um, I've had a couple of Menno moments, one of which was going to see Judith, Lucy and Denise Scott, which in itself was a Menno moment, really. So it was very meta, a meta Menno moment, because they spent their whole show talking about menopause, essentially. Um, but they made a lot of jokes about menopause, a lot of jokes about chin hair, about dry vaginas. <laughs> About, about sex and vibrators and all sorts of things. My poor mum sitting next to me, she was like, oh, this is a bit much. <laughs> what was the crowd like? Um, they were all old, quite old, apart from like a couple ladies. of young men. Yeah, a lot of ladies. It was at five o'clock in Chatswood, which oh, for anyone who that. knows Sydney is, you know, sort of a sort of upper North Shore suburb, but lots of, um, lots of old people. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, and it was just, yeah, it was really fun. It was very... I love Judith Lucy. Denise got a 67 and boy, she she can be as rude as the next person. <laughs> she was coming up with some very rude comments. Um, but it was good because it was just like, you know, I mean, we've been banging on about menopause for some years now. And obviously there's lots of other people now who have jumped on the minnow bandwagon and talked about menopause a lot. Um, and but they were just making it funny and kind of just talking about all the sort of things that happen, like your you know your chin hair and your body hair and your pubes and just all these kind of things, which was sort of while everyone didn't really know how to react, there was moments when I wanted to put my hand. They said, "Has anyone got you know blah blah?" And I want to put my hand up, and I thought I can't do that to my mum. <laughs> I can't embarrass my mum like that. But anyway, it was very funny. No, poor Marion. Poor Marion, but she she coped well. She enjoyed it. Good honour. Yes. Um, and then um, you have a saga about your coat. Or is that me? No, that's me. <laughs> um, so we went away for the weekend and we were going away um, to a cold area. So I wanted my I wanted my coat. And um, I said to Timmy, right, we'll have to go on the way. We'll have to go past the storage unit. You know my storage unit. Yeah. I said, because my coat's in the storage unit in, the, um, in that winter bag. 
So we packed up the car, went to the storage unit around the corner, went to the winter bag, was rummaging through it, couldn't find my coat. And then Timmy said, is it the black one with the hood? I said, yes. And he said, well, that's hanging up in the spare room. I was like, oh, <laughs> right. And so then we had to come all the way home and Timmy didn't even let me get out of the car. He just said, you stay here and I will go and get your coat. I said, thank you. But he was just like, what the hell is wrong with you? Like, seriously, <laughs> what the hell is wrong with you? And I was like, well, you know, what can I do? It's like brain fog, mm. you know, too much. Don't remember where it is. Don't, re- don't remember anything. No. Yeah. I hear you. So that, that was a bit of a no moment. Um, speaking of just one more thing is that I have noticed that if I drink wine now, even Mm -hmm. like two or three glasses, the next day I'm really teary. Mm. So I think that's a menopausal thing. I think that's comfort. It's a hormonal thing about maybe being able to digest it properly or being able to, you know, get rid of the sugar or something. Anyway, something, it just gives me a real dip. So of course I, uh, on last Thursday, you and I went to a function, a work function. Had quite a few drinks there. Came home, fine. That was all fine. The next morning, honestly, it was like I'd had the worst night of my life. But, of course, I hadn't. I had a great night. But I just was very teary. So I think that menopausally, wine is not my friend anymore. Speaking of coats, though, I think it's we should do a follow-up. Follow-up? A follow-up. It's a follow-up. And it's also a dressed for success. For success. Uh, because... We spoke a couple of weeks ago about how we couldn't find coat. We didn't know how to find a coat. Didn't know how to dress for winter. It was all too hard, aside from your black coat, which was hanging up all along. Mm, drama. And we were talking yes. about puffer jackets and how the only people that can really wear them are out-of-work models or off-duty models. No, off-duty models. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that everyone else just looks like the Michelin man. And then randomly, as if they knew... There was a story popped up in the... Or uh, maybe they were listening to our podcast maybe. there and took, took, took some um, inspiration. Maybe. But Damien Woolnuff, Woolno? Wool, no, no, how you pronounce his last hmm. name, actually. Well, from, I don't know. From the Sydney Morning Herald, did a piece about how to wear a puffer jacket and not look like the Michelin Man. Mm. And you sent it to me. Yeah. And it said... <laughs> That there are some rules that you should follow when you are wearing these things to make sure that you don't look like a big Michelin man. Yes. So do you want me to tell you what they were? You could do, yeah. Although you say there were some rules, but then we've got someone saying there are no rules with puffer jackets Well, in in the copy. So it's confusing, isn't it? You just need to be bold. You just need to not care, I suppose, is one of the things. But to look slimmer by buying true to size, because most people think that they should go up a size in a puffer jacket so you can wear it over things. No, says Elliot Degano, a Melbourne stylist. Buy true to size because they will keep you warm enough. Most people tend to go up a size, they say, but this can backfire unless you're a fan of the oversized look. Most puffers are already cut quite generously. Wear a crossbody bag with a wide strap. On trend. Yes. An on trend crossbody bag. Yes across your chest because it breaks up all the fabric and brings you out from underneath all the material they're also pretty fashionable and easy to come by and then it's also talking about layering as well yes and and it's talking about um 
you know, the proportions. Yes, yeah, so they're saying if it's long length, you have a shorter hemline underneath it to add another level. Mini skirts are in, so the juxtaposition with a huge puffer is interesting and unexpected. Then for mm. a cropped puffer, you wear a long pant or a jean that's fitted around the waist and widens to a straight leg, so it makes your legs look longer, which I can sort mm. of understand. And your eyes are drawn to the fitted waist, then down to the bottom of the pants. We went, when we were down south, um, we went to a brewery, and it was full of boys on sort of boys' days out, mm. quite older boys as well, like, you know, 40s, 50s boys. And many, many of them had short puffers on. Mm. I think the problem with men's puffers is that they can often buy them really small and they always look short around the arms for them. They get, oh, they get, yes. You've got to have a, good, a decent one from, like, Kathmandu if you're a man or North Face or somewhere. You can't go into those Uniqlo. Yeah, they all, had on, they all had on North Face. Yeah, at least, they, yeah. at least they're kind of decent ones. You can't have yeah. the Uniqlo really rustly plastic ones that, you know, American tourists wear, no disrespect, meant. But, you know, take from that what you will. Yeah. Um, and then in a coat update from me, in terms of my whinging about never being mm. able to get a coat, I went with my mum before Judith, Lucy and Denise Scott. We went for a little shopping expedition to Chatswood and we went up and down, had a look at all the shops. And I bought a long green teddy coat, you know, that teddy sort of yes. boucle, almost boucle kind of fabric from Target. And it was on sale for $62. Bargain. So you can't. Are you happy with it? Yes, it's very warm. It's enormous. I do feel a bit like a pimp from the seventies when I wear it. But oh, is that what that. you were aiming for? Well, is that what you were going for? Of, maybe pimp. Maybe pimp. Hmm. Um, and if, but I liked the color because the color is like a bottle green, but like oh. it's, it's just a beautiful color. And I am all about dopamine dressing this year. Yes. So I've heard I've heard of this. Yes, and have you heard of it because you commissioned me to write something about it? That's right. <laughs> so I wrote a piece about this for you. But as well as that, I am just I've, I'm feeling as I get older, black makes me look tired and drawn. And even Dust. though black is my sort of staple, that pops of colour are just making me feel so much mm. better and giving my face life. And you know, mm. now in the story I commissioned you to write, yes. I shouldn't really be talking about this because it hasn't been published yet, but we also talk about um, getting your colours done. And um, one of the tricks is if you're, like, a addicted to black, you could you get a scarf, get a coloured scarf oh, yeah. and wear, wear coloured scarf so that it's sort of... Near your face. We, we, yes. So you have colour near your face. Yes. To wean noticed, you off the black. Yeah. So I've been buying, um, of course, because, you know, I can't stop buying things online lots of different colored blazers and and things and mm. i haven't had as many compliments as i've had in years or oh, no hang on i haven't had as many compliments for years as i have wearing this green blazer i bought the other day really cheap again like asos 60 dollars but it's like an apple green color and i've got so many compliments on it because it just is Ooh. just a big bright beautiful pop of color so i'm all about sure. and they call it dopamine dressing because it makes you feel good right so dopamine is yeah. the chemical in your brain that's released when you're happy um and it's um if you wear color you can it can sort of trick you into feeling you know happiness and joy when you're wearing you know beautiful colors and things like that so and i've noticed that i do feel better with a bit of color so my green pimp jacket <laughs> maybe get get me into some legal trouble at night if I'm walking some streets I shouldn't be. But aside from that, lovely. 
gorgeous yeah although i did get told i looked like i slept on the streets of new york and i was half offended and half well that's cool who was that marion no that was my friend todd we should call him todd hello todd (laughs) marion was there when i bought it she was she convinced me to buy it really mum's got amazing taste what hurts nothing hurting because you had a lovely experience well i went to the dentist for the first time in many years I can't because you don't go to the dentist well i do go did you go at 2 30 um i was going to go last year and then lockdowns etc etc so um yes i hadn't been probably for over two years maybe close to three anyway mm. i just had the most lovely dentist because i'm quite a nervous dental person um, and he was absolutely lovely, and there was, and I escaped quite um, scot free. So I was wow. very, very happy about that. So what I would say is, everyone should just go to the dentist. It's not as bad as you think it is. Mm. From a mm. woman who hasn't been for three years. Yeah. <laughs> Advice from a woman who has yeah. been putting off the dentist for three years. Everybody just go. It's not that bad. It's not that bad. Um, and then I almost got very. Um, very hurt down in the southern highlands, wherever I was, because um, we went to a rainforest for a walk. Have you seen these giant stinging trees? No, there? but they sound like something made up from Enid Blyton or whatever. So they had this sign up, and it was a big sign that said on it, ouch, and it said, this is a giant stinging tree. And um, and then it went into all this detail about what a giant stinging tree is and please do not touch it. And so its leaves are covered with these spikes and if you touch it, but tiny little spikes, and if you touch it, they inject this chemical into you. Oh, my God. And, and the pain will last for months. <gasps> you know, it's like the most painful pain in the world. Oh, my God. Why don't they send that into different countries where we need I know. More? I know. So um, anyway, so I'm reading this. I'm like, oh, my God. God. And then, you know, when you just have this mm-hmm. urge to reach out and touch it. Yes. Did Claire. Timmy have to hold you back? No, he well. <laughs> but it was you just you're just so compelled, aren't you, to just I go, wonder how oh, many people can't be that bad. Oh, I wonder how many people have just gone, Oh, for God's sake, come here, let me have a go. Well, I think many people do because we were staying in a guest house and I mentioned it and the, the guys who ran the guest house were saying, Oh, so many people do it. Mm. And I was like, oh my god! You feel like, and, and they said it is. You. They said it is like they are beyond painful. Wow! Yeah. Wow, that is real. That is that. There must be something that you can harness and use that against. Well, they dictators. are. Because I, I, I took a photo of the um of the, you know, poster or whatever it is mm. that they had next to it, and it said they're using it as a way. They're hoping to use it to um create better painkillers oh so new new research into the composition of this neurotoxin is shedding light on how pain sensing nerves function which may eventually lead to the development of improved painkillers but for now don't touch the giant steam tree well note to self do not touch it yeah they inject not Touch. It injects a venom-like neurotoxin into the skin. It's one of the most painful plants on the planet, and just a casual brush against the leaves or stem can cause extreme pain for weeks. Claire. Wow. Okay. Well, note to All self: right. don't touch. You have that. been warned. I won't. I won't touch it. <laughs> um. Okay. Well, speaking of not touching things. Oh yeah. It's actually not at all a segue. <laughs> I can't get a segue out of that at all. <laughs> 
I was trying, but I can't do it. It's time for a big question. Big question. Lisa, are you suffering from nostalgia burnout? Um, as in we're over all the reboots and yes. give us something new for fuck's sake. Is well, that what you mean? Kind of, yes. So basically mm. Maverick, Top Gun Maverick's come out. Oh, yes. Of course, Which I haven't seen yet. Have you seen it? Um, no. No. Um, I don't even know if I've actually seen the first one, to be honest. Right. Not a massive Tom Cruise fan. Anyway, point is, everything's being remade, rebooted. There's always going to yeah. be a new Sequels, version of a show. Sequels. Yeah. There'll be yeah. A, um, they've done it, like, for example, our show that we love, the French one, called My Agent, has been made yeah. in the English one. Money Heist has been made a million times. Um, Squid Game's coming with a game show now as well. Is that nostalgia or is that just... Um, that's not really nostalgia. No, I guess not. I guess that's different. But like you know, Sex and the City coming back. Yes, that's nostalgia. Um, Maverick coming, you know, Tom, Top Gun coming back yes. thirty years later or whatever. Like just all that sort of idea of, and we're also watching. Like we've spoken about this before on the podcast about watching, rewatching Friends, watching oh, all yes. that sort of stuff because it makes you feel comfortable, mm. makes you feel safe, makes you feel especially. It's something like Stranger Things, which is set in the eighties. Does think that it's count nostalgia. as nostalgia? Yes, I think mm. it does because it takes you back to the Goonies or, you know, all those yeah. kind of shows. Then there's also things like Doctor Who, um, uh, Gossip Girl reboot, Harry yes. Potter reunions, the Friends reunion, oh, yeah. where you're bringing people cute. back together yeah. of, of a time, you know, mm. of a moment when life was not so confusing, not so COVID-filled, not so war-filled, you know, mm. all that sort of stuff. Um, but I don't know whether we've had too much of it. And there's a story in Refinery 29, which is that young people's website, where they say, if you go to the cinema right now, chances are you'll find two sequels, a reboot and a cameo-laden franchise film playing at any given time. And they're, they're right, you know, a popular show's being resurrected every five minutes with special appearances by original cast members, or you're getting a, well, like, something like Scream, you know, they've been remaking that, um... And you just kind of go, are we just running out of ideas? You know, is there is there no new ideas or is it literally that we just need that comforting legacy mm. stuff because it makes us feel somehow safer? I think, I think what happens is that something works and then everybody else replicates it until yeah. it stops working. And yeah. that's what's been working, so that's what everyone's been doing and it will stop working and then they'll have to go and find some new things to do. I feel like when I'm watching things now, like I'll watch all those things and I'll love them. For I mean, I love Stranger Things, as we said last week. There's lots of things that I re- that are really fun. But then when you see something new that you haven't seen before, yes. you get really excited. Yes. So I feel like if I was a TV producer at this point in time, mm. I would be coming up with the next new thing if I could, just yeah. because... I feel like everyone will get really excited by it. And um, yeah. and then you would have a bit of a, as I do think that there's going to come a point when we've gone, well, we've seen Top Gun 7. Mm. <laughs> I also feel like there's stuff that used to be done quite well, which isn't done well now. And they should, like, for example, the, the rom-com, mm-hmm. like to, a movie rom-com. I can't remember the last good one I saw. But if you look back to that sort of heyday of them, which was probably the 90s and the early 2000s, but why can't they just make a good rom-com now? Yeah, I like, don't know. Yeah. I feel like, they, they, yes, 
they just need to maybe just focus on quality or something. I can't believe some of the shit that gets made or the Me shit neither. books that get published. And also there's I'm a like, lot of... who signed up on that? <laughs> and there's also this sort of self-awareness breaking the fourth wall thing where, you know, you'll be watching a show and then someone who was in the original show will kind of come in and then they'll kind of look at the camera as if they were acknowledging that, yes, I was yeah. in this show. You know, there's a lot of that kind of very self-congratulatory mm. kind of shows mm. that, you know... I mean, I don't know whether we're talking nostalgia when you're talking things like MasterChef and that kind of thing, which have been on for a long time, or Survivor or those kind of things. But, I mean, they will well, always you are when I mean, they go back to the fan favourites, aren't yes. you? Yes. It's nothing nicer, though, for me than watching Julie well, Goodwin cook. Well, there you go. You know, what, <laughs> you know what I think about nostalgia? What? Well, it ain't what it used to be, Claire. And now it's time for some snack attack, snack attack, snack, snack attack, attack, snack attack. Um, you wait, you put something in there just then. I what, did. What is it? I need to talk to you, Claire, yes. about Woolworth's chili halloumi cheese. Oh, I have never have heard you? of such nonsense. Have you? No. Have you so, chili halloumi we went, cheese, right. Yes. Mm-hmm. So we went down to this guest house, right, and they very kindly put on um, nibbles and drinks at five o'clock every day in front of the fire, right? Mm-hmm. And... Um, one day the nibbles was this halloumi, which they pan for, they did it on the sandwich press, right? So you had these little wadges of gooey halloumi, but it's, um, and it was just sensational. I said, oh my God, what is this? And he said, it's Woolies chili halloumi cheese, right? You just get it in the cheese section where the halloumi is, but because of the chili, it just gives it this amazing sort of like little bite mm. you have you would love it just go and buy it have you got a sandwich press <laughs> probably i probably bought one in aldi several years ago and it's now up in yeah. the top cupboard yes only way to cook halloumi from now on because you know why claire you know for why claire well, you know when you're cooking it cooks halloumi both right, sides you- at once Cooks both sides at once. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. And you can cook a whole packet on the sandwich press in one go if you're a pig. <laughs> I don't know um, what you're talking about. <laughs> Do you think there'll be and some Greek and Turkish people, like, you know, swearing absolutely. at us at this point? For the... <laughs> yes, and it's interesting that Woolworths call it halloumi chili halloumi cheese. Cheese, yeah. It's like than... style cheese, isn't it? Yeah, and then they say it's chili-infused Cypress-style cheese. Right, yes. So they obviously can't call it halloumi. No. It's yeah. like um, they have this um, white balsamic kind of vinegar thing that they Oh, call, dressing, But yeah. they call it something else. They call it like, yeah. because they're not allowed to say what it is. Um, presumably yeah. they can't call it what it is. But it is pretty good as well. Um, oh, okay. Well, I'm going to go to Woolies tomorrow and buy some. Do I went it. to Woolies today, but I didn't think about those. Do it. I Do tried it. two snack products. Yes. Which I am I'm afraid one of them I went back to get more of and they've disappeared. So I'd say that they've oh. sold out, which is the Aldi yeah. English range. You know how they had their English sweets and English oh, yes. things last week? Yes. Cheese and pickle chips. Not mix. an ad. Not, not, not an, an ad, ad, Claire. Could be an ad if you want them to be. Cheese and pickle Smith's crisps taste like cheese and dill pickle together. Amazing. Like, honestly, they are exactly what they say they are on the bag. And that doesn't happen very often with a chip. Mm. Quite impressive. And then what, also, what make are they? What make Smiths, are they? Though? Smiths. Oh, Smiths. Sorry, mm. yes. They're a limited edition. Anyway, mm. they were in their Audi right in their in English range. I went back to get more. None left. Nothing. It was yeah. like, it's like tumbleweeds through the Audi. 
but pretty good. Anyway, so if you see them anywhere, buy them. They're really good. They also bought those Thins Veggie Snaps. So they're, they're, they're kind of like grain waves, but they're made with veggies. Pretty good. I had sour cream and chives. They were quite nice. I probably ate the whole packet in about five minutes. Um, and I felt like maybe it wasn't so bad for me because they're veggies. They say veggie on the packet. They say veggie on the packet. Yeah. They're actually made from chocolate. <laughs> they say. Yes. I'm just looking them up now because I'm intrigued by these. Mm. Gosh, they're not cheap, are they? Three seventy-five a bag. Look, money's no object for me. Okay. Uh, you know, cost of living, pa, I say. Mm. Actually, mm. I, I ate them really fast and then I hid the bag at the bottom of the bin. <laughs> Don't tell my husband. Because I was embarrassed <laughs> that I'd eaten them all so fast. But the cheese and pickle chips weren't expensive, and, but you'll never get them anyway. But anyway, if you can, you can. And then I thought I'd ask you, Lisa, have you seen this TikTok thing about the um, refreshing have, yes. salad drink? Would you do this? Balsamic vinegar well, in fizzy water in a glass supposedly tastes like a healthy Coke. I haven't tried it, have you? No, because I would rather poke my eyes out with a stick. Mm. There's a lot of vinegar stuff going on at the moment. Vinegar is a big trend at the moment because you know that lady I spoke about last week who's got the book about glucose? Yes. She says you have to drink um, apple cider vinegar in a glass of water before a meal because it reduces your appetite. Glucose. No, your glucose levels, your blood sugar levels. Mm. But the problem is if you drink vinegar in water, it's really bad for your teeth. So then she says, do it with a straw. And then you think, oh, God, really? Um, but there's lots of this vinegar. St- and there's lots of it. There's a new trend of drinking vinegars. Mm-hmm. So it's all about shrubs. Have you heard about those as well? Shrubs. No. Um, and it's all sort of, I think, linked to the whole kombucha thing as well. Right. Um, yeah. What is sense. the point of... So what's the point of people drinking this balsamic and is it I think thing? I think a you know a health person came out on TikTok saying that in, she learned from a a, a Pilates instructor that this is called healthy mm-hmm. coke. So basically you just put a you know some um balsamic vinegar into some sparkling water and everyone says mm. it tastes like coke although you can mix it in with something sweeter if you want to but obviously if you do that it's not any good for your teeth. So, because no. even flavored soda, even soda water is worse for your teeth than normal water. Yes. Um, but all these people take. I saw David Campbell did a test of it online. He said it was disgusting. Right. So you know, who knows? I haven't tried it. I might try it one day. I might not. I might. Do you just... know what I can recommend trying balsamic with? Mm. Lettuce. Strawberries. Oh, yes. I do this lovely balsamic strawberry. Mm. Yeah, that's good. And lots of... That is yum yums. Mm. That is delicious. Mm-hmm. That is mm-hmm. good. Also, yeah. not quite the same thing. But anyway, that's fine. <laughs> I'm just saying, if you're going to do weird things with balsamic, oh, that's a better thing yes. to do. Yes. Or, you yeah. know, maybe just put it on your expensive iceberg lettuce. Who who can afford that? No one. Um, all right. Well, thank you very much for your expertise and your... Oh, in this matter. In this matter. <laughs> Um, it's been a pleasure as always. Yeah. Uh, we shall see you next week for more of this. I'm going to go and eat my snacks now because um, I felt ashamed before. Aww. I'm going well, to eat my cheese on my beaten. That's now. a nice thing. It's like I used to have that when I was a babysitter years ago. That was what my mum used to give me. Take with me. Yeah. Nice. All right. We'll Thanks, see you Marianne. next week. Okay. <laughs> bye. Bye.